Welcome to the Jack and Stacy Show, and I'm Stacy's son Clark, and here to tell you about it. There are two women wrestling with things of this broken and beautiful life. Each week, they will tackle a topic in a transparent, sometimes distracted, but always fun way that hopefully encourages and challenges you. They will break down each topic by looking at it through four lenses, ourselves, God, our people, and our community. They will then they will then give you a task to go forth with. Vaya con Dios. Welcome to the Jackie and Stacy show. I'm Stacy. And I'm Jackie. And we'd like to welcome you to episode two of season three. Oh my gosh. That... Jackie and Stacy. Holy, <laughs> just gave me the chills. Like, is it season three? That's so crazy. <laughs> I know. It's like the network asked us back, but there is no network. <laughs> oh, gosh. They believe in us. <laughs> they do. They they invested, reinvested. What is it? A million an episode? Something like that. Yep. <laughs> Just like. Friends. Well, I'm actually yeah. not gonna tell you because I actually got more than you, so I don't want to make you feel oh, bad. <laughs> dang it! I knew it. Well, your name is first. Well, there so you go. <laughs> it was your entire idea. <laughs> yeah, but you pulled the trigger, girl. You pulled the trigger. So <laughs> it, it takes it takes some support, maybe. Oh. Uh, what do they say? Behind every great man is a greater, even greater woman. <laughs> Wait, which which one am I? In I don't know. How it goes. <laughs> There's always like the background people. I anyway. like. I saw someone that someone said recently. I don't know. They say behind every great man is a is a great woman, but I don't know because I've never stood behind a man. <laughs> oh, there you go. So we're just walking alongside each other, girl. You and me, right next That's to each right. other. That's right. Oh, I've I've been um, just reading and watching and scrolling and wasting plenty of time in this past week as well. Um, and I too have just been reading lots of cool stuff. So anyway, I'm excited for our conversation today. Yeah. Welcome everybody. To the longest introduction, yes, <laughs> for the Jackie and Stacy show. Goals. Uh, yes, we are talking each month. We talk about one topic. We just pick a word. We start talking about that topic for the month. We are not experts, but we are just talkers and thinkers and questioners. Yeah. Is that a questioner? Is that a word? Totally. Well, it is totally now. Is. It is now. We like to question things and wonder and this month, we are wondering about the topic of grief. Yeah. Jack, Jackie and I took a break towards the end of 2020. Um, just at least if I can speak for myself, that I was just like incapacitated with some grief and kind of still am, which is why that's what we're talking about. I was like, Jackie, what do you think? <laughs> Here's the only thing I can think about right now. <laughs> totally. How does it sound? And I think we've always really it matters to us to be as authentic as we can be I mean uh, you know I, I struggle with that word authenticity because we're we're only ever as authentic I don't know it's only it, you know it can be an illusion I guess authenticity can be an illusion you know it's something it's kind of a buzzword and we say we're authentic and and so I like I think we strive to be authentic we want to be but um but there's always some self-preservation that happens too. So anyways, but in our, yeah. our striving to be authentic, it, it feels like the realest thing to talk about right now. Yes. Very good. Because a lot of, some of my story is mine to tell and some of my story is others. True. Because it make my story mixes with others. And so, um, you know, I got to be 
cognizant of that and respectful of that as well. So uh, that being said, we talk about our topic through four lenses. Last week, we discussed how grief, you know, just is very personal. And it's we always t- start by focusing on ourselves. And our second episode of the topic talks about faith. That's where we are this week. Next week, we'll move into close relationships and then finally community and then an interview. So again, today we're going to focus on faith and how does faith like inform our grief and how do we process grief if we have faith and it's all confusing, but it all intermingles. So Jackie's going to kind of take us from there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you said about our story not being totally our own to tell. It's just, it's, it's so true. And that's kind of the um, tricky thing about things like podcasts and social media and how we live our lives now, right? Is um, mm. we can sometimes cross those boundaries and it's, it's important to be aware of how that impacts other people. So I'm super grateful that you reminded us of that. And so for me, and I said this in our last podcast, the grief that I'm experiencing is um, the grief of losing my dad. And he, he passed away on um, September 10th. Um, and after, you know, a long battle, well, I mean, long is relative, but a, a significant battle with Alzheimer's and with other health issues mm-hmm. too. He had heart issues and um, had a stroke, actually had two strokes. So um, his health was declining for a long time and he was um, home being cared for by my mom and by, um, oh, what's the word? What's the, what's the word? Know. End of care life is called. Thank you. He was on hospice for months and months. And so um, the gift of that season for me was, um, and I'm just jumping right into this, but was um, that I was able to spend a ton of time with him in the last six months of his life. I mean, um, I was with him, you know, hours at a time, several times a week for most of that, those last six months of his life. And, um, while he was um, often confused and not himself, he also, um, he never didn't remember me. He knew me all the way up until the very end, which felt like a small miracle. <laughs> it it maybe a big miracle, miracle honestly. Oh, yeah. And, um, and I don't know if I talked about this in our last episode, but I think I've talked about it over, over the months of podcasting, but um, my dad was my biggest fan and just believed in me to a fault and um, <laughs> just always saw the best in me. And I think that, and the reason I'm mentioning this is just because I think part of what has been therapeutic for me during this grieving time of missing him so desperately has been remembering the good and reflecting on the beauty of that relationship and reflecting on who he was and what made him special and what made our relationship special. And, I put together, actually, Alyssa, my daughter put together a video. Um, I had the insight at some point, um, the last several months of his life to start to videotape or videotape, record, (laughs) (laughs) record the moment when I would walk into the room and he would first see me because he always had some unique way of greeting me. Have I talked about this on the podcast? Stacey? I don't, I don't know if you did okay. on the podcast, but I think I've seen glimpses of this video and it's like the sweetest thing I've ever yeah, seen in my life. <laughs> he would like, 
every time he saw me, it would be some, like the first time he'd seen me in years, he would like light up and he would say something like, oh, it's my daughter. Or, oh, one time he said, it's Miss America. <laughs> oh, one time he was so cute because he really did struggle with words and getting his words out. And he saw me and I could tell that he was like trying to come up with something good to say. And it was like in his heart and his head, but he couldn't think of the words. And he goes, oh, it's the one who who has all the parts in the right places. <laughs> so sweet. Aww. But anyways, I was able to record all of these without him really even knowing I was doing it and just kind of keep my phone down and um, recorded them. And then my daughter put them to music and kind of put them all together. And it's just such a sweet, sweet memory of the fact that he just adored me and there is just nothing in this life like being adored by a parent right I mean that is every every adult child every child should have that and so um so anyways I I think that um that's been one of the things that I've tried to make a habit of is reflecting on those sweet things in order to kind of balance out the sadness and the grief I feel at that loss but um Anyways, because one of the things I was reading, I was researching grief, because of course, this is how I do this, right, is um, one of the things that can be so hard about loss, any kind of loss, not just losing someone um, that you care about, but any kind of loss is that the loss brings up unfulfilled hopes and wishes for things that we wish would have been different. And I thought Mm. that was really fascinating. Do you, what do you think? Does that resonate with you, Stace? Oh, well, big time. Yeah, because I would say lots of my losses, I think, focus more on the other part of that. Right. Right. Um, which are the, you know, grief, grief to me feels, feels like a loss. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm, I guess the emotion comes out of, you experience the loss, then there's, you have grief or sadness, sorrow for what could have been whatever it was the dream the the job the relationship the the life right 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 the future. that's pretty intense and I and I I wonder too because one of the things I think I mentioned in our last episode is that my grief has not maybe followed the same kinds of like the the trajectory most people would have expected um and, mm-hmm. and I wonder sometimes if it's because, and, and, and again, we talked about not assigning like um, value to how people grieve, right? Everyone does it differently. And so yeah. giving myself permission yeah. to experience the grief the way I'm experiencing it. Um, but I think because I was given that gift of that time to kind of mourn him and do it together with him and spend that time with him. Um, and because there wasn't a lot of unfulfilled hopes and wishes <laughs> in that relationship, mm-hmm. I wonder if that hasn't made it slightly um, less painful for me in my grieving. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but that was, but what it did is it reminded me of other loss in my life and unfulfilled hopes and wishes and other areas of my life that do still bring feelings of grief for me. And so I just thought that was a really insightful way to think about it. And I was, you know, like in researching grief, and, and I, I am going to transition us to talking about the faith piece because obviously that's what we're talking about today. But, um, but there's like this, there's scientific component of it. There's just like neuro, like brain and body component of grief. 
that um that has to do with like so when we're when we're bonded to people right or we we're bonded to yeah in relationships that like creates chemicals right oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin and but when we have loss of relationship however that comes then we have this like drop in those chemicals i mean it's like actual physical chemical thing and then we have a rise in those stress chemicals like what adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine and so then we have this fight or flight response and that's kind of the physical piece of what we're feeling when we're experiencing grief Mm. so I know I've had moments like that for sure when your like heart rate picks up and you feel like um this this like urge to like self-protect or isolate as a result of that physical feeling you're feeling I don't know does that resonate with you Mm. Yeah, I I think for me, it, the the physical part that I've experienced most is like this. Um, and someone, one of our listeners commented saying that she was not a, really prepared for the deep yeah. pain, like the physical pain. And I totally related to that comment because I too am just not prepared and just it drops me literally yeah. to the floor. The physical part of it, the pain, the actual pain, the the physical, like, um, I guess you could say it would be like, and I don't know if this is what others experience or if this is even like a anxiety attack or a panic attack where you just feel like you can't even breathe. Like you're just kind of cocooned in, on, in these feelings and you just have to like emote. (laughs) I don't know how else to even describe what a weird situation or that I've even tried to describe it before. Um, but that it makes so much sense. Your body's just like incapable of functioning in the way that it had been. And, um, I mean, and I'm talking periods of time when I'm just trapped in that position like 30 minutes, 60 minutes, things like that, um, where I'm, I don't know, I, can, I, I physically am feeling everything yep. you just described. Yep. Yep. And, and then I just have to feel it and go back to what we talked about last week, which was, you know, just le- allowing yourself to be in that terrible space for a bit yeah. because you just have to, Right. you have to go through it. Well, you know, I, I always quote this the great country song, you know, when you're going through hell, keep on going. Yeah. You just have to kind of go through so much good wisdom in country music. I'm telling you, <laughs> what would we do without and it? The bad news is, yeah, you just don't get to check it off. Like, okay, I went through yeah. that one. Let's go to the second level of the candy cane forest and then, well, and I'll be out and, of the Lincoln Tunnel. It's a good, it's a good transition to talking about then our faith and how, how <laughs> faith interacts with grief. And I think that, um, I was reading scripture in preparation for talking about this. And, you know, we, you and I talk about my faith is in Jesus. And that's, um, that's the angle that I approach the faith conversations from. And um, we always love to hear from our listeners. If you have a different faith perspective and and you can share with us where you're coming from. But um, in Isaiah, um, he, he calls Jesus, the son of God, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And there's such mm. comfort in that for me, knowing that my God, my Jesus, has is a man of sorrows. He is acquainted with this very grief that I feel. And so um, he's not just, you know, a God up in the sky, like looking down on us in our grief, but he is just as acquainted with these this deep grief that we're talking about. 
Um, and you know, there's in, in Matthew, there's a story about Jesus's friend Lazarus and he, um, he passes away and then his sisters ask Jesus to heal Lazarus and well, to bring him back to life. And, um, and Jesus knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Like he knew, but he enters into the grief of the moment with his friends. The scriptures say, Matthew says that he, 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 he was crying. He was mourning the de death of Lazarus, even though he knew that Lazarus was going to be, live again. And so the reality that Jesus experienced the exact same feelings of grief that we experience is comforting to me. Um, I don't know if you have that experience too, Stace. Well, I, um, I think I do, you know, I think I've mentioned the, the word Emmanuel last, mm -hmm. even yeah. maybe in our last episode yeah. is that, um, just knowing that, not knowing, but trying to comprehend, actually, I feel like there's like this faith piece where people are like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm doubting heavily. Sometimes I'm you know, further struggling. Yeah. But so, but this idea that, that God is not like, like you said, sitting on a pillow, looking down, oh, my poor little minions down there. Right. <laughs> if only they knew this great secret plan I have or whatever. Um, but instead that the whole different, the difference of what, I can't get words out right now, but the crux of Christianity is this Emmanuel, this God with us, this not, here's how we said how to live a perfect life and stuff. Um, the whole Bible is a story about um, who God is and what God has done for his people to come and show and demonstrate and forgive and to love and to be with. The whole Bible is really about this desire of God to be with us. Yes. And, um, and I think that's um, when I can wrap my brain around some of that perspective. And again, my brain is just too tiny to really understand all of the Bible and what God has in store, which is a good thing, I guess. If we could understand it, it probably wouldn't be God. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand it. But of what I glimpse so far is that this whole thing is God come like, trying to be with yes. us and, and coming to us, right? Yes. And, you know, the Bible's not, one of my favorite Bibles of all time is actually this one written by Sally Lloyd-Jones. It's called the Jesus Storybook mm -hmm. Bible. Yep. <laughs> and the whole thing is based on, like, even the introduction is really my favorite part oh, of I all Bibles. I should have memorized at one and point. I, I kind of, I could paraphrase it a little bit, but it's like this Bible that that's what I'm trying to do. I think in everything I'm saying right now is that the Bible is not a book of, you know, what about right. you and what you should be doing. It's not a book of rules. Although surely there's some rules in it, maybe to how to, you could live life slightly better or more healthy for you or whatever. Um, but it's not a book of heroes because everybody in it is totally okay. Paraphrasing here. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. They all make really bad decisions and never get it right. Yep. And But it's just a story about God and what God has done. And 
about wh- how he's just trying to reach right. you individually he you does. and so ultimately in my grief if I just go back to that big concept of the whole I mean the Bible is a bunch of you think it's just all if you walk into a church and you're not perfect then you're going to get struck by lightning it's like so opposite <laughs> of that it's actually not that oh, at thank all God <laughs> I mean, and there's a whole book titled Lamentations, which right. is grief. Half, more than half of the Psalms um, are really like evil. <laughs> God, help me attack my enemies and kill them and cut them down. <laughs> you know, like, it's just real people crawling, crying out to God. And um, it, I think that makes me feel not alone in my right. grief. Because it, it's not just God trying to reach me and be with me on me in that in that ball on the floor sobbing crying out um and knowing that others have done that before and I think I said that last week is that I'm not alone right. in this because we all go through these five stages of grief stages stupid word for it five ball wax of <laughs> waves lots of heavy emotion that you go over yes. and over again yes hamster wheel I'm gonna call it the hamster wheel. Like <laughs> I like it <laughs> yeah and the, I and I think that part of the message in that is that grief is it's like in and of itself it's an expression of love mm. Mm. say it again Jackie I, I, I mean I don't I'm not even sure where I got that but but that it's not like sometimes I guess I think because I'm very like I'm very um, process oriented or I'm very like task oriented. So sometimes I can think to myself, my grief is wasted time or energy. Like I just need to move on from it. But the reality is that grief itself is an expression of love. And, um, and that God shows us that in so many places in, in the Bible and in the story of Jesus. And um, like you said, Psalms, it's, full of lamenting and grief and and people well a lot of times David but uh, other psalmists as well just like pouring out their anger and their frustration and their vile at God right because they're Mm -hmm. expressing that incredible grief that they're feeling but that that's an expression of love and that it turns to worship and that God's not afraid of that he doesn't turn his back on the like it's not too ugly or too like in my mind, how I can think of it as a waste of time. Like God doesn't think of it that way. I think it's Ecclesiastes that says that um, there's a time for every purpose. Right. And so that grief, mm-hmm. grief is one of those purposes. There's a time for everything under, uh, under heaven and grief is one of those things. Um, so I, I think that that is super comforting to me. Psalm 30 to also says, weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And so I think that there's that part of me, I think this is human nature, but tell me, because you and I do approach this a little differently, but I like to know that. I mean, I, I know we can't wrap it up with a bow, but I do need to know in my weeping that joy will come in the morning and maybe not tomorrow morning, <laughs> maybe not even next yeah. month in the morning, but that morning will come when joy will return. You know, that, there, that, that there is purpose there um, and joy at some point. Um, 
is that comforting to you or is that like, is it too soon? Does that feel too soon to say that? No, I, I think that that's true. And that's kind of the hope is that this, nothing's really, this is not permanent. And that, um, like even my counselor has said stuff like that. Okay. You're feeling all of this stuff, Stacey dear. (laughs) And that's okay. Um, but that's not the end of the story, Right. right? That's, this isn't the end of your story. Um, and you know, so you can sit in it and you can experiencing it, you can be experiencing it. And, um, and while you're in it, there is still the hope that you can just let it all out. Cause you know, you can let it, you can just fully embrace. <laughs> we say this in my, in this class that I teach, fully embrace the suck, right. you know, <laughs> like it sucks right now. Just fully, just pour yourself into it, knowing that that's not, it's not the end. Right. And that there's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle of grief, I guess. And it's a, um, it's, it's temporary. You know that I think, like I think about kids, right. And if you think of kids who are in um, really secure, loving relationship with parents and that they will feel their grief and they have that kind of security and safety to like express their grief in a temper tantrum. But then if you know what I mean, because they know that they have that safety of that relationship with their parents. But then if you think of kids who are like neglected or don't have that, oftentimes they won't, they'll keep that in, right? They're just in self-protection mode because they don't have the safety of that relationship in order to experience that pain. It's not safe. It's not, there's not Mm -hmm. the bigger context for that pain. And I think that that is what my faith gives me is that bigger context of right now, no matter how despondent I might be in my pain, no matter how real it is that I'm in this bigger context of love and relationship with God that makes it safe for me to even feel those feelings and know that they're not permanent and they're not forever. I don't know if that makes sense, but thinking that way, helps me kind of just have perspective on my grief. So, so what I'm, hearing us say during this conversation so far today is that um exploring the idea of that god is with us that he's he's not only god like the father wants to be with us but that god jesus experienced this stuff like he did and that experiencing it is an expression of love. Like I like that. I wrote that down when you said that, because I feel like it's the yin and the yang. Right. Right. Without, it's like with, <laughs> it's like Spider-Man without, you know, deep, big responsibility comes great, great, great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I feel like that's the yin and yang. Right. Of love is without great love there, you know, you can have no grief, but then you wouldn't right. have any love. Either, right. right. And that's, um, you know, kind of what you're saying about the children, like children who come from abusive or unsafe situations, you know, you hold it all in and you can't, you can't experience, you can't experience either. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm summarizing, I guess what I've been hearing us say today, because I'm yeah, trying to learn. I mean, I'm learning because I'm, I'm in this. <laughs> totally. Right? We are, we're, we both we're are. Great. And I, you know, it's, I mean, I was thinking too that one of the pieces of my faith that offers me some comfort 
during my morning or my grief is just this idea of the body of Christ and this, and, and being, the Bible says that we should mourn with those who mourn. I don't, you know, we don't always mm. do this well, especially I think in American culture, you know, we like to kind of turn away from grief or ugliness or anything that's not pretty. Uh, but yeah. because we have the hope of Christ, because um, we have that foundation and he carries our burdens and we can hold each other's pain and hold it lightly and hold it, you know, even like look it in the face and not turn away, but mourn with each other. And, and that's not easy, but I feel like that is one of the gifts of this faith life that we have is um, the ability to do that together. So I think that mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. is my encouragement um, if, if we're going to do a Via con Dios, which of course we are because yeah. we do. <laughs> of course. So let me tell one last little kind of story before I go into Via con Dios. But I've always um, been struck by the story. I think it's in Matthew. Well, it's probably in more than Matthew. But um, so do you remember the story where Herod, there's like a, like a girl that dances for King Herod and he tells her, you know, okay, whatever you want, you can have it. I mean, there's a, there's more to this story, but, and she says, I want John the Baptist's head on a platter. And because of her whim and the King's, you know, whatever whim, um, that's what happens. He, he kills John the Baptist and presents her with John the Baptist's head on a plate. And that's Jesus's cousin and his close, you know, his friend. And, um, so Jesus is experiencing, he finds out that his cousin has been murdered and he's heartbroken and he gets on a boat and he like sails away. Then when he gets to the other side of the lake, there's like all these people and they're all wanting him. They're wanting something from him. And they're like, heal us and do this and do that. And he's like, gosh, I just, you know, I'm just trying to get away from people and, and to experience my grief, my very real grief, because Jesus is completely God, but he's also completely human. And so, um, but it just reminds me all the time of like, even Jesus had to like attend to real life. Like there he was trying to like have a moment of grief and he couldn't because there were all these demands on him. And that's so true of us. Right. And yeah. so I, one of the things that yeah. I've reflected on a lot in these months since my dad passed is how to give myself space in the reality of every day to feel those feelings mm. and allow myself permission to mourn my dad and to um, feel the feelings and to connect with people I love over those feelings, even in the space of like, you got to do the dishes and you got to get gas in the car and you got to go to whatever, whatever, whatever. So, um, so I, I have really tried to, uh, one of the things I do is I, every time I have that feeling that I need a few moments to just like sink into that, I just, journal. I just sit down with a piece of paper or or the notes on my phone and I just write about what I'm feeling. And that has been super, um, helpful to me. So I'm going to make that our via con Dios. If you have, and I think it could really could be any kind of feeling. It doesn't have to be just grief, but if you're feeling a feeling, I just want to encourage you to give yourself permission to feel that feeling and to even give yourself permission to take 30 seconds to write it down because there's something about giving, giving permission to ourselves to make those feelings so real that we actually write them down. And you don't have to judge those feelings. You don't have, they don't have to be pretty or wrapped up or anything, but to write them down, it gives them some weight and some importance and it reminds you that you are important and your feelings are important too. So that's my encouragement to to all of us and to our listeners. Feel the feelings and take 30 seconds to write them down. Give yourself permission to do that. What do you think? Okay. 
I think that's a great idea. I appreciate you so much, Jackie, and having this conversation. Thank you to all of our listeners as well for joining us today. And um, gosh, I hope you guys (laughs) feel us with you. We're with you. We are. (laughs) Amen. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye, Condios.